Welcome to the Storyform Podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, and welcome to the Storyform Podcast. I'm Holly Packiam, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie Showmaker. Hello. Hi, Jamie. How are Hi. you? I'm doing well, Holly. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I did just come off of a bit of a, a stomach sickness, so I was kind of in and out of bed during that little bit of phase. I, I have them periodically, and so it is is a struggle during those times, but then I'm back up on my feet now, so I'm disassociating myself from that at the moment, <laughs> but um, but it was not so fun. Um but we all go through these physical things at times, right? And get back on our Absolutely. feet. Absolutely. Yes, uh, yes, yes. I've had a little bit of a congestion going on too, so I can I can relate to yes. to not feeling 100%. So yes, definitely. I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. You too. Um, <laughs> we we're kind of getting back settled in a in a trying to get in a bit of a summer routine as much as possible. Um, currently, the kids have been doing swimming lessons for a couple weeks, which has been wonderful gift and they've really improved and are excited about some of the things that they can do and especially my little one seeing them tread water and you know jump off the diving board is really fun and um we last month we got to spend some time with family um in Missouri and Arkansas and on the lake and that was really really fun that's fun yeah what about you guys we we've had a really low-key summer actually so far just spending time at the pool and Mm -hmm. um we had a wonderful picnic over the fourth with some of our um homeschool friends and that was a lot of fun we um had fireworks and barbecue and they um it was on a big farm and um, you know like donkeys and things like that and so we've just um we just had a lot of fun low-key family time so far this summer which has been really nice It's, it's a nice break from feeling like we had to go, go, go all the time. So it's been great. Yes, for sure. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll jump into our topic for today. We're going to be, I'm really, really excited. I've loved all of our topics so far, but I'm especially excited for today to talk about, um, Jamie and I are going to talk about how we as parents, teachers, as individuals can be carriers of wisdom, how we can continue to learn in our lives and what is what does that look like what does that mean and so JB what do you when you think about these ideas um what it, what does it mean to you or do you, do, you, do you, when you think about yourself do you think yeah I'm I'm somebody who's wanting who's wanting to and trying to continually pursue wisdom oh goodness well I mean I want to be <laughs> yes. I am um, I love learning and I think I think one of the reasons that I am so passionate about reading and collecting books is is all of the wisdom and knowledge that they do contain. I I had a really hard time choosing a major in college. It's kind of a joke in my family. Um, my degrees <laughs> are I had a teaching scholarship, so I was getting a degree in education no matter what, but I knew I was going to double major, and so finding that second major was really hard, and I, I actually seriously considered, listen to this list, history, French, psychology, political science, and literature. Like, I really almost majored in all of it. And uh, my husband jokes with me that if I had a choice, I would, I would still be a professional student because I'm just passionate about continually growing wisdom and, and learning new things. I, I, it's just a passion of mine. But what about you? Do you consider yourself to be a pursuer of wisdom? 
Well, I certainly try to be, but I can say that um, when I think back to my younger years of growing up, I really wasn't aware of that. And I suppose many children aren't, you know, consciously aware of that. But I am grateful that my parents, that just kind of the lifestyle that they chose of simplicity and space for us. And so I had so mm-hmm. much time to imagine and read. And and I mean, part of it was I, I was growing up in the 80s and there just weren't all the, you know, there wasn't all the technology um, or right. all the screens available as there are now, which can be, which can be a, a wonderful gift, but can also be a distraction. And so I'm, I'm just grateful for that space. But I would say that I really didn't, consciously intentionally try to pursue wisdom and try to to do that um, really probably until my mid-20s and I'm really grateful that Sally Clarkson who leads Whole Heart Ministries she so Whole Heart if you haven't heard is the kind of the umbrella ministry and Storyformed is an arm of that which was which began with their daughter Sarah and so she was really a pivotal person that I I really sense that God used to to expand my vision of learning beyond school and and like you said, Jamie, you know, I, I like you had your educational experiences and I I really loved college and loved learning. I loved reading the books. I was a communications and minored in theology major and and really there was a lot of awakening to learning there. But I think still at that point, my view was that I had to be within a system to learn. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't yet stepped back to think, how can I pursue knowledge, you know, as the spirit kind of quickens me, leads me to do beyond right. just list, just beyond a system. And so that mm-hmm. was something that, yeah, has really stirred up with me in my 20s and is a, is a continual journey now, even. Right. Um, I was reading... Um, an interesting article, and I actually just posted on our Story Formed Facebook page if anybody wants to check it out. But um, it's it's by the Washington Post, and it's called "The Death of Reading Is Threatening the Soul." And William Yan- or not William, sorry, Philip Yancey uh, wrote this article, and, and some of you might be familiar with some of the books that he's written. But I found it interesting that despite probably most people saying there is some kind of a battle, you know, with figuring out how can we continue to pursue wisdom and learning in life, that he referenced some people that all of us would know in society that have really contributed, like Bill Gates. And he mentioned that he reads 50 books a year. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, interestingly enough, reads at least one book every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um um, Arthur Blank, who co-founded Home Depot, reads two hours a day. And so, uh, you know, just it's interesting to me and inspiring to me to think that that the people who, you know, we're seeing their products, we're seeing maybe things on screens that they're doing, but they're really a foundational part of them being able to do what they do is they're reading and growing and learning. Right, so. right. Well, I, I guess we should start by clarifying what do me what do we mean when we talk about someone who is a pursuer of wisdom? Like, what what does that look like, Holly? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's good because yeah, that could be a really general term like wisdom. Right, that sounds really lofty. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, when I think about it, I, yeah, it kind of refers back to a little bit of what I said about that it's this ongoing process and it's voluntary, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's on our part. Nobody nobody's enforcing this on us. No one's telling us that we have to. To, to do this paper, complete this thing because it's an expectation of someone else. So it's ongoing, it's voluntary on our part, self-motivated pursuit right. of knowledge. So for either perverse, you know, personal, vocational reasons. But I also think as, as Christians thinking about this, that it's not just facts or knowledge that we acquire for a particular mm-hmm. reason or even for, um, for our own soul, but it's ultimately 
um, centered around the person of Jesus Christ that I don't, I, I think there've been times where I felt in my life that, oh, I, like I've had said to myself, I'm never going to read all the good books before I die. Like I'm just never going to get it done as if it's sort of like this checklist that I have to get through or complete, but that, um, that I really do believe that each of us are on a different journey. And there is, although there are a lot of great books that I would recommend and say, okay, if you haven't read these, read these, or people do that for me, that ultimately it's a spirit-led process that each right. of us is, is on that journey. And there's different things we need to learn and grow in at different times. So I'm continually, I have stacks of books that can be daunting on my bedside table. <laughs> and I'm usually reading a few at a time, but I do pe- periodically say, okay, Lord, show me what, what is it that you have for me right now? How do you want me to continue to grow in wisdom um, right. right now? Right. Um, what yeah. about what about you, Jamie? What do you think about it when you think about this process of it being ongoing and self-motivated? And- right. I, I completely agree with you. And I think um, – I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, you kind of had that distinction in your later 20s where you realized you didn't have to be within a system in order to pursue wisdom and knowledge and learning, um, that it was something that you could pursue on your own, spirit-led. But it's it's not necessarily a situation where you have to go back to school if you want to learn something or pursue an area of interest or something like that. I think that's important. And, And of course, going back to what you said about how, you know, it ultimately centers on the person of Jesus. I mean, Proverbs tells us that that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we have to start there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, why, why does it matter? Like, is this a personal choice based on us, mm-hmm. on our personalities? Are, are mm-hmm. we just, you know, women who like to learn or, <laughs> right. you know, is right. it because of, you know, what we're doing or is this a calling for all of us? What do you think? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think too, like, is it just a strengths finder? Like there's, right. you know, the learner on the strengths finder desk. Some people <laughs> say, well, I don't have that strength. I just don't right. have it. So, um, well, I think a few things, um, one of the script when I was thinking about this, one of the scriptures that I'm reminded of is in Job. It's about pursuing wisdom, and um, that scripture it's Job 32 eight through nine, and it says, "But it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes him understand." So not not our own knowledge, but is not the old who are wise, nor the aged who understand what is right. And so I'm thinking about you know we all know this, but. As we know a lot of older people who aren't necessarily mature wise, so just the nature of aging physically, our bodies right. and minds, you know, aging doesn't necessarily make us wise, but right. it's it's through the spirit and through God's word and through the encouragement of the, the community too that, you know, helps us pursue that, helps us understand. So I, so yeah, in short, I believe that we are really all called to be pursuers of wisdom, but I think it just looks different for all of us. So there isn't right. this cookie cutter formulaic um, checklist that we could say, okay, these are all the things exactly that would cause us to be that. But I also don't think we can check out and say, well, I went, did, you know, I did these degrees and mm-hmm. I read these books for the first third of my life. And so I'm good. Like I've, right. I've gained all the knowledge and wisdom I need. And so I can just kind of veg out or check out for the rest of for the rest of my days, right? Um, and yes. I'm also thinking about kind of from a biblical perspective about just just God's implementation of the idea of work that mm-hmm. you know, as He called Adam and Eve, this was a pre-fall idea. It wasn't like oh, now you mm-hmm. have to work and grow and learn. 
you know, after the fall, but no, this is a you know, pre-fall, this is a creation idea that, that God right. had for us. And it's intended to be a blessing for our lives, not something that we just have to put our heads down and do. Um, and then I also think about just all throughout scriptures about this kingdom perspective, that mm-hmm. sometimes it's kind of hard to wrap our minds around what that means fully. But I think from my learning and from scripture and actually a book that I read that really helped me understand this kind of kingdom vision is by N.T. Wright called Simply Good News. And it really just talks about how we are, that part of our salvation message is not only to understand that we are saved and that we will be with God someday and that things will be changed and perfect and that he will create, recreate our world, but that we are called to be his kingdom um, bears on this earth right. and vessels through which he can work through. So we can, he can, you know, we can have an impact here and now and that oh. we don't need to escape, but that he has work to do for us right. now. And so I just, I think as a mom, as an educator, as someone who's loves learning is trying to promote that. Um, I just feel so encouraged by that kind of vision of life here on earth now. Um, yes. Do you have any thoughts on this, Jamie? Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, I think about, um, you know, to be a disciple, disciple actually means student. And mm-hmm. so I think that we we all do kind of have a mandate to learn all that we can first about our Lord, you know, his nature, his will, his word, um, but also about the world that he created and particularly the various areas in which he has gifted us and equipped us and called us to bring his kingdom to bear on mm-hmm. earth. I mean, we're all individually made um, and and we we all have different gifts and different callings and, and I think um, knowing what those things are and um, doing our best to to learn how to um, utilize those for his glory and I think I mm-hmm. think that's really important yeah mm-hmm yeah, I love that you said that. I was thinking about that too, that disciple really means to be a learner, that mm-hmm. as we are followers of Christ, that that does, it's inherent in it, that we, he's called us to be continually right. learning about him and that filtering down to whatever he's called us to do. And then I right. think at the core of this message too, is that we can talk however much we want to, to our children about the importance of learning or the importance of education. But if they don't see us as models and examples of that, then Mm -hmm. inevitably they may choose to believe that it is a chore. So whatever we're passionate about, even if they are passionate about different areas, but if we're passionate about the learning that's possible in our lives, I think there's a good chance they'll follow suit, that they'll, that our excitement for learning will be contagious and they'll, they'll follow Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I definitely agree. So we've settled it. We are meant to be pursuers of wisdom. But but what does does that look like? What does that look like? How do we do? Yeah. 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 So yeah, we can talk about like, what are, yeah, what are some of the, um, I think we've kind of covered that, you know, crisis at the center of this, but what does that look like? What are, what are some of the distinctives of a pursuer of, of knowledge, of wisdom? What are the characteristics? What do you think, Jamie? What Does a characteristic come to mind when you think about this? Yes. I, I think the first one has to be humility. I, mm-hmm. I think you have to be open to learn. You have to begin by admitting that you don't know everything and yes. um, just be willing to, to be teachable. And I think, you know, sometimes this is one of my business 
biggest obstacles, you know, that I see in myself and definitely in my own children, you know, as I homeschool them is just admitting what we don't know and admitting that that's okay, that we don't know things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, I think to be a good student, you, you just must begin by being humble. I think that's, that's one of the first things. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think another distinctive is curiosity. Um, A lifelong learner is curious. You know, she has wide and varied interests and she asks lots of questions. And um, I just think curiosity is important, too. What are some of the other things you think distinguish a lifelong learner or pursuer of wisdom? Yeah, I was I was thinking about it. And um, I think just maybe flexibility and a broader approach to what we think learning can be. I mean, of course, here at StoryForm, we would be like books. Of course, right. we should learn from books. <laughs> and, and I would say primarily looking back at my life and you know now and as I move forward, I really believe books have been a huge part of shaping who I am. And um so, you know, that would be at the top of my list for sure. But I think just expanding our view to, to as a pursuer of wisdom to think, how, how is the Lord leading and showing me to pursue wisdom? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be, I think, I mean, along with reading books, audiobooks are great. Mm-hmm. And, um, and even just personal conversations, sometimes maybe as readers, we might put that aside and be like, well, of course the books, you know, they're this person or this, you know, expert or something. But I in reflecting just over the past 10 years of really being intentional about learning um, a couple mentors in my life and Sally Clarkson is one of them who I've mentioned and another woman who's in her 70s now. Um, I, when I reflect on our times together and them personally sitting down and helping me to understand scripture and challenging me to read and challenging me to grow, that those are, those are just as valuable as any other particular class or a book that, right. that we could read, I think. And I've really, I think, thinking of authors sometimes even as literary mentors. There might, you mm-hmm. might think, oh, I would love to have a mentor in this area. I really want to grow. Um, in learning, what does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? I really love for someone to walk with me through that, and and I've I've always prayed for that. And there's been seasons in my life when I have and have not had that. Um, but I think there's wonderfully rich, um, you know, authors and books that can mentor us in areas sometimes when we don't have that in our community right. or. Um, yeah. So what yeah, do you think? I agree. Yeah. No, I agree completely. I think mentors are. Um, extremely important when you're pursuing wisdom and trying to learn and grow. Um, I, one of my passions is educational philosophy. And so I have been really, really fortunate to live near some of my mentors in that area. Um, so I get to spend a lot of time with them. Um, so that's been, that's been really, um, just incredibly powerful for me. Um, just being able to sit down and talk with them about some of these ideas and things that are important. But I, of course, I think of Sally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she has been such an incredible, it's hard to um, un- overstate the impact that she has had in my life as a mentor for me in motherhood. Um, she and Clay, um, of yeah. course, together, of course, uh, all the women involved in leadership and whole heart ministries, but just the way that Sally mentored me, um, through her books for years and years, even before I had children, I was reading her books and she really just gave me a vision for what motherhood could look like. Um, and that came through books and that was before I even knew her personally. And so I think literary mentors are incredibly important. And Sarah has been an incredible Sarah Clarkson, her daughter has been an incredible mentor when it comes to my understanding of the importance of story on a child's development. Um, so mm-hmm. I think just, you know, 
fiction and nonfiction. I, I wrote a, a blog post on Storyformed about how um, there were fiction books that have served as mentors for me in motherhood and some other areas of my life. So, I mean, you can even find literary mentors through fiction characters. Right. Um, I loved <laughs> your post about that. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I just think that um, seeking people out who are um, who know more about a particular area than you do, um, and just sitting and gleaning that wisdom from them is extremely important. So I agree with you on mentors. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I'm thinking about is just how I think as much as I enjoy reading, as much as I try to make it a priority and fit it in where I can, that accountability has been really huge for me. Um, I have a mom's group that I've met with, or various groups I've met with on and off years, but this particular one, um, we've been meeting for a couple years now, and Mm -hmm. we're reading nonfiction together and some fiction together, and so I think just the accountability to, you know, there might be a particular book that I really want to finish reading, but I'm getting bogged down in other things or distracted by other things. And so just having that, like, okay, we're going to read and discuss this on this date has been incredibly helpful to me. And, you know, I might, if, it, if I'm not cut up, I might spend the last week before we're going to meet reading a ton. But I, right. like, I like that push. It's like, okay, I might have taken months to read it or may not have finished it without had that accountability and knowing, okay, we're going to all discuss this together. So that's, right. that's on and off been um, – a part of my continual habit and throughout the yes. years that has been really, really encouraging. Yes, I agree. I think um, accountability in, in like a book club is something mm-hmm. um, wonderful to utilize to kind of encourage you and, and keep you on track in your learning. And, you know, it can be in person or it can even be online. I've been involved in an online book club um, mm-hmm. through Facebook for uh, several years now. So, even if you can't swing an in-person book club, if right. your schedule or circumstances mm-hmm. pro- prohibit you from doing that, there are still resources out there um, for you um, in that area. And of course, we would be remiss if we didn't mention our favorite book clubs, and that's the Mom Heart Groups, where moms meet together to study um, Sally Clarkson's books that we've been talking about, and they grow in their understanding and practice of motherhood and homemaking and just godly womanhood in general. Um I think she's just such an incredible mentor. So if you needed a mentor in that area of your life, or it's just an area that in which you're passionate and want to delve deeper, we'll put a link in our show notes for how you can find a mom heart group near you. But there are online book clubs. There are in-person book clubs. Um, you can start your own book club. There are a lot of mm-hmm. libraries have book clubs. And so that's just a great area to um, find some accountability and kind of help keep you um, centered on what you're trying to do. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that, Jamie. That's really great. Yeah, because I'm, I'm even thinking about uh, where I grew up, and it's very rural, and mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of resources. There may it might be hard to find someone who wants to be on that same journey of learning with you, or who's really at that same place. So right. I think that's it's great to kind of expand our view and think out of the box about you know, where we could find some of the things uh, that we don't feel like are right in front of us. Yeah, so. that's one of the benefits. You know, we talk about some of the... Um, you know, negative things about technology, right. but there are some benefits. Yes. I think connecting, connecting like-minded people is one of those areas in which there is mm-hmm. a, a huge benefit to social media. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes. Another thought is, uh, is audiobooks, which we talked about books already, but just for me, I've, 
it's it's been more of a recent thing probably in the past years to listen to well with our kids we're always listening to audiobooks in the car but right. those those moments that aren't as often <laughs> when I'm by myself <laughs> I'll kind of put slip my audiobook back in the player or podcasts and I've tried to get my kids to kind of oh why don't you listen to this podcast with mom? But I think um, just other different podcasts that would help you know, if you want to learn about history or you want to mm-hmm. listen to interviews from different people who would be inspiring. And of course, we recommend At Home with Sally and Friends with Sally and Kristen, who's, who are encouraging us in a lot of the things that Jamie mentioned in, in motherhood and character building and um, living life at the table with our families and things like that. But um, a couple years ago, I, I just, I've, been thinking about, been influenced by some people who talked a lot about Shakespeare and had really mm-hmm. didn't know much about Shakespeare, had not read any of his plays, just, you know, generally knew who he was. And right. uh, he's, you know, a, a common name that people talk about. Um, so I just decided, okay, I'm going to get something at the library about him. So I thought an audiobook would be best because I didn't know how long it would take me to get through a book on his life. So I checked out a 16-hour nonfiction audiobook about Shakespeare. <laughs> and it took me quite a while. And, you know, there are things in some of – you're like, okay, uh, there's some things that are not as interesting, but some things that were very interesting right. and very highlighting about his life. And um, I don't know that I would have done it without audiobooks. So there are just some, right. type, some topics or some things that – Maybe you're harder to get through when you're starting to read it at 10 o'clock at night, but you are interested. And another thing for me has been um, reading about Homer. Homer was someone, you know, five years ago that I had not read any of the Iliad or the Odyssey, but knew they were great books. And I'm trusting the uh, belief in that from people who have been reading them for thousands of years. And to be honest, initially, I didn't know if I really had an interest or didn't know enough about it, but... Um, choosing to trust those who've gone before me, I started listening to them on audiobook just because I didn't know right. I could get through it. And so I, for me, yeah, it, it is somewhat of a way to get through some things or to to uh, be intentional with some things that might be a bit harder that I might not, mm-hmm. not um, you know, plow through on my own. So what right. about you, Jamie, with audiobooks or podcasts? I love I love both audiobooks and podcasts. I um, listen to a podcast every evening when I'm making dinner. My husband comes in, and mm-hmm. that's kind of his time to spend with the boys after he's been at work all day. He'll kind of take the boys and go do something, and I will listen to a podcast while I cook dinner. Um, great. And there are podcasts out there for, like you said, anything, mm-hmm. anything and everything you could possibly imagine that you might want to learn about. You mm-hmm. can find a podcast <laughs> on that. That's right. Um, so I you know, definitely make use of those. But audiobooks are incredible. And we we do listen to them as a family with my children. Um, But I listen to them personally. You mentioned the Shakespeare one. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first audiobook experience was was John Adams by Mm -hmm. David McCullough. And Mm -hmm. I think it was like 39 hours. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But it was so good. Mm -hmm. So good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it kept me interested in it. And I, um, I learned so much and you talk about someone who was a lifelong learner and someone who pursued wisdom. Um, Mm -hmm. I learned so much about that from, he was such an inspiration in that area for me. John Adams was, but it's a wonderful, wonderful book. But, um, yeah, I mean, audiobooks are incredible. I think I've mentioned before that my husband commutes and travels mm-hmm. a lot. So he listens to audiobooks constantly. And I am amazed at all that he has learned as a result of just redeeming that time that's otherwise right. wasted, mm-hmm. you know, because he's just in the car or on a plane or in a hotel room. And so he, he makes use of, of audiobooks and he listens to audiobooks on 
all kinds of subjects. He's listening to children's books. He's listening to business books. He's listening to classics and um, all kinds of nonfiction theology books. And um, it's just really incredible to see how much he is learning just through audiobooks. So That's I definitely awesome. recommend those. Yes. Yes. And I even think sometimes, you know, we might think, well, we worked hard all day, whatever, if you know, if we're outside of the home or inside of the home and we want to do something fun. And so I've talked to some of my friends who, you know, said, I just, I don't really think reading is that fun at night. Like I want to watch TV or do other things. You know, there feels like there's these competing values. And so I'm just thinking about my husband who um, is a pastor and he's working on a dissertation right now. And so he's spending a lot of time really taking in some challenging, you know, reading. He's got a stack of theological books sitting here where I am. And and so he, you know, he needs something different at night. Right. And so he yes. has really enjoyed Bill Bryson, who is a journalist who yes. writes, he is a travel writer. Mm-hmm. And so um, I haven't delved into it quite as deeply as he has, but he'll read me things or he'll listen to the audiobooks at night when he's just kind of trying to... Um, rest and relax a little bit more but even that it's really fun it's just fun and lighthearted, and yet you're still learning about his walks in England and Europe and the Appalachian Trail and so I just think we can broaden our view of what what you know growing in wisdom can mean you know there's Mm -hmm. lots of lighthearted, fun ways to do it as well absolutely yes definitely Um, Jamie have you ever do you ever take classes of any kind? <laughs> I do. I love taking classes. Yes. Oh, yes. We, As you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, have uh-huh. a, um, we have a community college nearby, and mm-hmm. I have taken landscaping classes. I've taken estate planning classes. I even took a calligraphy class one time. Um, and then, you know, just through our church, I've taken a lot of discipleship classes like systematic theology and just different things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, anytime that I can work it into my schedule to take a class, I will take a class. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. <laughs> what about you? Do you take classes or? I, you know, to be honest, I haven't really. Well, I, I got a master's after my four year degree um, mm-hmm. in counseling. And so I think after taking classes for six years, right. I kind of decided that, but, but it's interesting recently I have thought there's been some specific things I thought I'd really like to learn more about. And I was telling my husband about that and like, I don't know if anyone else really wants to talk about that. And he's like, well, Holly, that's what classes are for, you know, right. like when you really, you know, the reading and the learning, but the conversations too, in a, yes. in either a live class or an online class, like we kind of mm-hmm. talked about with book groups, but yeah, sometimes those you'll find people who really want to engage in conversation about certain right. topics through classes. Right. So yeah, I'm definitely yeah. starting to consider it again. My hesitation is always there's so many books that I want to you know I want right. to read that I don't. Am I willing to be imposed upon reading something that um, that would probably be Someone good else. for me? Yeah, it'd probably be well, good for me and challenging to not just read what what I want to read or what's in my paradigm. Right. That we can be right. challenged by other paradigms. Yes, but you know what? If if a class is it is what you're looking for, maybe just a lecture. You know, yeah, there's some, we have a we have mm-hmm. a local university, mm-hmm. and they do um, a, it's called a visiting writers series, and mm-hmm. so every month they have 
an author, usually a pretty prolific author, come and, and just give a lecture. And it's open to the public. And so you can come and you can listen to that author talk about their, their works or um, their, some, sometimes it's poetry, sometimes it's novels. It just depends. But um, even just a lecture, there are people that give lectures. And that's not quite as big of a commitment that's as right. a that's class. That's right. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you could do that I, I like to take advantage of when I can. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's hard. Like, you know, we're moms, we're busy moms, both mm-hmm. of us homeschool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we both have husbands who have their own interests and mm-hmm. think mine travels, yours is a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would you say to someone who says, I have the barrier of time or money or circumstance in my life that prevents me from making this a priority or taking advantage of all of these things? Mm-hmm. Well, think? I, yeah, I, I mean, I imagine that all of us have these barriers, right? Like you said, right. whatever, mm-hmm. it can be different things, or maybe it is, maybe there is a hang up like, well, I just don't know if I really am a learner, or I just don't know if I can, I can, I really have the time. And, and so I, I definitely want to encourage, you know, extending grace to your season and where you're at. And I remember mm-hmm. being a really young mom and feeling much more, uh, much more stress and over feel, a feeling of much more of a daily overwhelmed feeling. And so at that time in my life, it was, you know, I might have needed to sleep where now when my kids are doing something else, I can read now or I can, Absolutely. you know, yes. so I definitely want to express that part of it, that it, it's different in different seasons and we mm-hmm. have different capacities just depending on, you know, for, yeah, for Jamie, for you, who your husband's traveling a lot or for, I know there's a lot of women or, and men whose spouses travel a lot. And so there's a lot more weight on you with right. the family. And so anyway, there's all sorts of um, circumstances. But that being said, I also believe that we make time for what's really the most important mm-hmm. and that, um, I, I, don't, I think we could all say, well, I don't really have time to read. I think I could easily say that. There's so many things that right. I could be doing all the time or to-do lists. or. Um, but I've tried to, for, to myself, I've tried to say, you know, I'm, I'm making time. This is a choice to make time. And I think we can all do that because we choose to make time for a lot of things. There is a lot right. of discretionary time in our schedules. Um, and so I think it's it's a learned habit. It's a, If we say, I believe that learning and gaining wisdom is valuable, then we make it a priority. Um, mm-hmm. We figure out a way to do it, and I think even if it's not, you know, some of our schedules or lives don't don't allow uh, hours. Like some of the people I met, you know, like I I'm not quite there yet either. Like where I would love to have a few hours a day to read, I, I can't manage that at this season of my life. But I am. My kids are doing some activities now in the the late afternoon, so I try to always have a book with me in my purse right. and. You know, some some books are more conducive to doing reading in those you know in short spurts <laughs> than others. But if you have something that is, you could you know instead of scrolling Facebook, which I'm often tempted to do, I can pull out my book and read for right. for 20 minutes. Or if you're you know in a carpool line or whatever we're doing, where as parents or as educators we're we're running around. That um, I think there are pockets of time. Um, and uh, listening to podcasts is, a, you know, another thing where we can fit that learning in by pod. I think that's almost easier than if you're out and about. Podcast is such an easy way to just, yes. you know, quickly listen for a little while. Um, another thing that I've done is I've downloaded a Bible app with daily readings mm-hmm. or a lectionary. Yes. And oftentimes when I'm getting ready and reminding me of your routine of podcasts at dinner, I'm kind of, I've tried to do like a Bible app in the morning and I'll, I'll try to read 
I kind of, it fluctuates a little bit. Sometimes I'm actually reading my Bible and sometimes I'm doing the app. But if I need something a bit quicker, I'll be just in the bathroom getting ready and I have an, it can, you can read it or you can push the audio player. And that's just right. a way to start my day with, with scripture, you know, getting just right. little bits in where you can. So. Right. I mean, we, we're brushing our teeth every day anyway. We're right. making lunches every day anyway. <laughs> yes. So, you know, yes. kind of like what I was talking about with my husband, just trying to redeem those times in yes. any way that you can and and fit it in however is possible. I agree with you. I think mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. And here again, yes. like I mentioned earlier, our kids are seeing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my kids call me a bookworm, which I'm choosing to say that that's a compliment. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> but when I have a moment, I will, you know, try to read something or try to listen to something. Right. And I think they're picking up some of the things that I'm learning, too. You know, so, um, Jamie, I know we've Definitely. talked about um, I think you've mentioned reading some books that have really inspired you just to want to continue to gain wisdom and about yes about people. So what books would you recommend on that? Well, John, I I mentioned John Adams just because reading that, I mean, they, the the founders just had such an incredible idea of education. They were just so broadly um, educated and um, just had so much wisdom. And so um, just anytime I read anything about them, but, but David McCullough is particularly gifted in telling story. Um, about people. And so John Adams was one that definitely inspired me to want to pursue wisdom and knowledge. Um, another one that always inspires me every time I read it, I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast is little men mm-hmm. by Louise May Alcott, because, um, it's just such a beautiful picture of what a gentle, um, education looks like. Um, and, and where they t- accept responsibility for their own education. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here is just um, accepting responsibility that it's up to us to pursue wisdom and knowledge. And um, someone who did that and wrote about it is Louis L'Amour. Um, I don't know if you've read any of his Westerns, Lonesome Gods or anything Years like that. Years ago. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote an autobiography about mm-hmm. his own pursuit, um, pursuit of education and he called it the education of a wandering man. And he was an autodidact. He, he was self self learned. And, um, so that's just a wonderful book to kind of inspire you to pursue wisdom and knowledge and, and become a lifelong learner. Those are some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for those recommendations. That's awesome. Yes. Well, anything, any final thoughts, Jamie? No, I just, I love this topic. I could talk about it all the yes. time. My, yes. <laughs> you're talking about, you know, your kids, your kids mm. pick up on it. And one of my, my eight-year-old son's favorite things to do right now is talk about his favorite things. Like, mom, yeah. what's oh, your that's... favorite Star Wars movie? Or what's your favorite, <laughs> you know, whatever, his favorite. He, he likes to rank things right now. I, I guess it's just his age. Oh, because, that's you great. Know, my favorite, my favorite. And mommy, what's your favorite song or your favorite whatever? But one of the things he likes to ask me is what's your favorite thing ever and I always say well you guys are my favorite thing he's like no no mommy things what's your favorite thing (laughs) (laughs) and I'll say what do you think my favorite thing is and all three of my boys at the same time will say books yes of course (laughs) they're they're catching it themselves you know they're seeing that I see that that's important and I think that hopefully I, I pray that it will get into their their hearts and their minds and they'll they, they will begin to see how important um, books can be to our education. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've, I mean, we've been reading to our kids for so many years now and talking about books too. And so it's been such a neat 
thing for me to watch my girls this summer decide that they're going to write novels. And they're, it's like, I I just think about how is it that they decided that they can do this? But I think it's just a part of it is, you know, no matter how good or, or how much they have to grow in it, they're, they're trying and they're, they're trying to pursue this, this learning process. And they've read enough and, and read enough about authors and their own Mm -hmm. journeys that they, they believe that, that they can try. And so it's, it's been really encouraging. So so to moms out there who are like, oh, we're just starting to read a board book. Like you, you just don't know what, what right. God will do. And so be encouraged that all these little steps that you're taking to learn and grow, that, that they're watching that and they're seeing that and you're setting forth a model of pursuing yes. wisdom and knowledge. So be encouraged. Yes, keep at it. Yeah. Well, before we go, I just wanted to talk a little bit about a couple things going on in Whole Heart Ministries. Um, Uh, Sally Clarkson is going to be starting a membership here in September. September 1st, a membership uh, program launches. It's going to be called Cultivating Life. And so if you are interested in having access to um, just different talks that she's done over the years that um, you know, you maybe maybe you're new to the ministry and have missed some of that or want more of that. And so she's going to be doing special special talks, having special resources on there that won't be what that you won't have free access to just by going to sallyclarkson.com. So if you follow her on Facebook on her website, you're going to start seeing in August some promotion for that and um, some gifts that will be offered, some drawings if you sign up. So look for that. Go to her sites to see that, and we'll be prom- promoting that on the Story Formed Facebook. Um, as well. And then also wanted to say that um, Sally has also, um, she's also written a new book called The Life-Giving Table, and that is launching on October 3rd. So you'll probably start to see some things about that. If you're interested in being on the launch team, look for that on the sites that I mentioned as well. So we're gonna say goodbye. Thanks for listening, and please connect with us um, on Facebook or Instagram. Bye! Bye! Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed.